So this world has lost its grip on me. Hello, I'm Roland Casipli, pastor of True Vine Christian Church in Miami, Florida for the last 16 years. I'm so glad to have the opportunity to thank all the people who are sharing in the joy of preparing and investing in Andrew and Megan Gamble as God sends them to Miami to serve the underserved communities of Miami with me and our Miami ministry family. 15 years ago, God provided the grant funding to start Kids Excel, a summer camp and after-school tutoring program for school-aged children. As a result, we have had the amazing blessing to see hundreds of families and perhaps thousands of children who have never heard the gospel learn about Jesus, with many of them coming to salvation in Christ. There is no question that God has called Andrew and Megan to Miami, and for years now we have been in desperate need of people with the heart to disciple the hundreds of children that we have had the privilege of leading to Christ. God has not called us to a population with the means to support the basic ministries needed to teach our communities about Christ. Even I work a second job to support my ability to serve in Miami. That is why we are so humbled and thankful for our grant funding. And now we are grateful for all of you who are helping send Andrew and Megan through your prayers and financial support. The blessing of all this is the true sense of partnership for the gospel that we share with many churches and supporters like all of you as we join together in sending Andrew and Megan to Miami for the gospel. We pray that God might allow us to grow together even more in ministry in the years ahead. We encourage you to support Andrew and Megan financially and most importantly in prayer. But even more, we invite you to join me and my wife, Sarah, Andrew and Megan in following God's call to bring the gospel to a world that so desperately needs us. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. God is calling Andrew and Megan to Miami. Where is God calling you? God bless you. Good morning. Uh, it is a privilege to be here this morning. We just first and foremost want to say thank you for everybody welcoming us, welcoming us here this morning. Um, to start, uh, I just want to share, God blessed both Megan and I with the opportunity to grow up in a family 
where God was the center of our household, where God was the center of our lives. Our faith was important to our families, and so we were raised in a household in households where we were centered around God and the Bible. And that laid the foundation for where our life and our faith in Christ is today. So my call to the first time I ever went on a mission trip, fall of 2005, I had the opportunity, and again in the spring of 2006, I had the opportunity to spend a month and a half in India. And that time in India has always stayed with me. It is something that has had a profound impact in my life, that time I spent in India. It is... It opened my heart to missions, and it has continued to be vital to my, uh, my developing and where we are being called by God today. So, <clears throat> in the last few years, God has been working in both Megan and I the call to full-time ministry. And in that time in full-time ministry, He's calling us to the mission field. So in that time, Megan and I have both felt a restlessness. God has placed a restlessness in our hearts and in our lives and, you know, we had, we had a life. I spent 15 years at the railroad. I had a job at the railroad. It was a career. It was a great job. It paid well. We have four wonderful boys. I should introduce my family. I have Megan, my four boys, Elias, Caleb, Aiden, and Noah from 3 to 11 years old. I should have done that first. I have a tendency to forget that part of uh, introducing everybody. So you'll have to forgive me for that. Um, but we had a life. We had a job. I had a great job. And I had a career, but we still had that restlessness. I have, Megan will tell you, I've always had a restless spirit. I'm not someone that wants to stay. I'm always someone that wants to go and to do. And we tried to fill that restlessness our own selves. We thought buying the house out at the lake. We bought a nice house south of North Platte at Lake Maloney. We thought, this is going to be it. This is going to calm the spirit. This is going to be what we want to do, where we want to be. And so we thought, rather than submitting to God's will, we're going to do it our way, and that's going to be good. But doing that, rather than making us comfortable and happy, it, in fact, did the opposite. We had the American dream. I mean, good job good family, good church that we were going to, we were involved in stuff, and now we had the house out at the lake. That was the American dream to me. That's what I wanted. That's what I thought I wanted. But it did the opposite. God really worked in my heart. God really worked in Megan's heart. This is not what I had for you. It's just like that song. That song, I like that. I love that song. It said we, we had to take our hands off of our own life. We had to let go of control of our own lives and give it to God. God wants us. God uses us. His power is made perfect in our weakness, and that is really where we are at. God's power is made perfect in our weakness, because I am just a regular guy from North Platte, Nebraska. But God has called us to this, and I know that with God's work and God's calling us, that's, that's whose power we are at work with, is God. So, He's always looking for us to submit to his will, and he never stops per pursuing us. And that's one thing that we can just, you know, thank the Lord that he just continues to pursue us. He always wants us to be in a relationship with him. God has a plan A, and God has only a plan A. And that this is the journey he took us through. He took us through that time where we tried to settle things our own selves, and we couldn't do that. 
but by his grace, God brought us to a place where we could finally submit to what his idea for our life should be and to let go of our own idea of what our life should be. So, as Rolo shared, where is God calling us to? God is calling my family. He is calling us to partner with True Vine Christian Church in the Olympia Heights area of Miami. So, Olympia Heights area, as uh, Pastor Lee said, is southwest Miami when you get way, I mean, like at the bottom by the Everglades. That is where the Olympia Heights area is at. So, he is calling us to partner to serve with uh, True Vine Christian Church, and the pastor, as you saw, is Rolo Casiple. So whenever I share about this, I always want to say just the right thing. I, wanna say, I don't want to like mess anything up. I want to be clear and concise. But then I remember I'm putting my hands on the control of things, and I have to step back and take, let go of the control of it and remember that this is God's call for me. And I focus on myself, and if I'm focusing on myself, I'm focusing on the wrong thing. We live to make God known. There's something that we read in the Westminster Shorter Catechism. It says, man's primary purpose is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. As a family, this is something we spend a lot of time talking about. That our primary purpose is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. I know that I didn't cross paths with Rolo on my own doing. It's not something that I ever thought I would be. I never thought I'd be in Miami, Florida. I know that God brought us together for his purpose. And that purpose is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Uh, one verse that has uh, really uh, been instrumental in God's growing of our family is 1 Thessalonians 2.8. 1 Thessalonians 2.8 tells us that being affectionately desirous of you, we are ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our very selves because you have become very dear to us. So this verse speaks volumes to what God is doing in, our family, in my family's life. Even as we're growing in these new relationships with, these, with the family of with the church in Miami, God has placed a desire for us to share not only the gospel, but also our very lives. It's not just doctrine, not just doctrines, but also our hearts. We will never be able to reach the lost for Christ by living a life in the shadows. We can't live back to where people never hear about Christ. We got to put our lives with people. We got to live in community with others. So we can try to make sure that we don't put ourselves in an uncomfortable position. Because it could become difficult if we put ourselves in an uncomfortable position for Christ. It could become hard. In fact, it probably will become hard if we live a life that's outspoken for Christ. But we can't live with that fear of man while we proclaim the gospel. We have to proclaim the gospel. We want to live a life that is visible and it shows the greatness of our God, greatness of our God in everything we do. We want to live a life that imparts the gospel in both word and deed. So we are called to walk in a path of obedience to God. We don't accomplish this by our own work or by our own powers. It's nothing we can do by our own selves. Like it says, God's power is made perfect in our weakness. It is all done by the all-powerful creator that we serve. And there's a line, one of my favorite songs says, I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I've got Jesus. How could I want more? 
this is it. If we have Jesus, how could we ever want more than that? If everything, if everything else is stripped away in our lives, if man, be it the government or people who are just opposed to the gospel, if they take away everything we own, if they strip us of all of our earthly possessions, there is still one thing that they can never rob from us. They can never take the salvation that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. So by God's grace, by God's grace alone, we are all part of something much bigger than ourselves. And it's bigger than we can see. As a follower of Christ, we are called to be in a relationship with God, and we are called to walk in obedience to God's call for us. So if God has called my family to serve in Miami, how could I not obey? I tried to walk away and tried to avoid and to fill the void in my life. But God kept pursuing us, and we submitted to God's will. So how can we not obey what God ever calls us to, whether it be here or anywhere in between? And God's call is to proclaim his good news for us. How can we not proclaim the gospel? Because that is what saves. This is God's desire for us to glorify him and enjoy him forever by telling others what we already know. That Jesus came and he saved us from all of our sins. <coughs> Excuse me. Proclaiming the gospel is not something we do on our own. It's something that we must do together. Wherever you might be at, whether we are in Miami and you're in Arnold or Stapleton or Gothenburg or anywhere in between, on the other side of the ocean, we are one body in Christ. We are all together as one body of Christ. It's not separate. It is one body of Christ. So, imparting the gospel to the lost is not something that the evil one wants to see. The Bible tells us we know that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. This is our battle. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So we need all of you in this battle with us, in prayer support in this battle. It's not something we go into alone. I liken it a little bit to, if, you read, if you've read in Exodus 17, um, when the Amalekites attacked the Israelites, so in this battle... As long as Moses' arms were raised, the Israelites were overcoming the Amalekites. But as soon as Moses' arms tired, the Amalekites began to overcome the Israelites. So Aaron and Hur brought a rock for Moses to sit on, and then they held Moses' arms up until the Israelites defeated the Amalekites. So it's in the same way we need to support each other. We need prayer support. We are supporting each other in battle. We are praying for you wherever we are. And we need your prayer as well when we serve in Miami. <clears throat> so, in Matthew, um, Jesus told the Samaritan woman that anyone who drinks from this well, they will thirst again. But anyone who drinks from the water I give him will never be thirsty again. The water I give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So, when the Samaritan woman figured out that she was speaking to the Messiah, she couldn't keep this wonderful news to herself. If you've seen The Chosen, I picture it like that. She had to run back to the city to tell the people 
who she had just met. This man who she didn't know told her everything she had done. She had to tell them. In the same way, we should be running to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to our classmates, to anywhere in between. We should be running to tell them the good news of the gospel. She had to share that. In the same way, like I said, in the same way we should be running to proclaim the good news entrusted to us. So Jesus said, to follow me and I will make you fishers of men. There's a message by Francis Chan that said something that he said in that message that really stuck with Megan and I. He was sharing how he and his family had come to the point to be ready to move to Hong Kong for the mission that God called them to. So if you love to fish, or if you don't love to fish, imagine that you love to fish. And you're at this lake, and there are people standing shoulder to shoulder to shoulder all along the lake shore. But you find out that there's like five miles away. Any heart, and there's hardly anyone fishing at this lake. It's going to be a difficult hike. And this lake, mind you, is teeming with fish that nobody's fishing at. Or very few people are fishing at. It's going to be a difficult hike to get there. But if you love to fish, you will make that hike to get to that lake. Because it's worth it. That is what he and his family saw when they looked around them where they were at. There were lots of fishing poles in the water where they were serving. And that God was telling them it's time to take their fishing poles to a new lake. The same way God has called my family to take our fishing poles in North Platte, from North Platte to Miami. There is a lot of churches. There's a lot of people serving the body of Christ in these areas. And as you heard Rolo, it's an underserved, under-resourced area in desperate need of the workers for the gospel. So we want to take our fishing poles from where we are at to Miami to serve God there. And we know that evangelism, in doing this, evangelism and missions are essential. These are essential things for people to be converted to Christ. No one believes and is saved without the gospel. The gospel is entrusted to Christians who become witnesses and missionaries. If there is no witness, there is no salvation. How can we expect people to believe in God if they are never told the gospel? And how could they be expected to live out the gospel, and how will they be saved if they don't hear the good news? Romans 10, 14 to 16 tells us, How will they call on him in whom they have not heard? How will they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without someone preaching? And how will they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. We must proclaim the good news. We must proclaim the gospel and we cannot be in fear of proclaiming it. What we must have is a willing heart. It is God who works through us. It is not the not our power that works through us it is god who works through us through the power of the holy spirit we don't have to know the bible we don't have let me rephrase that we don't have to have the entire bible memorized we don't have to have everything figured out in the bible because there's lots of things every day we are growing in our understanding of the word what we have to have is a willing heart the bible says in romans 1 16 we are not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of god for salvation to everyone who believes. The message we bring may sound foolish to some, but 
it is powerful because it carries with it the omnipotence of God. Jesus was never drawing lines to keep people out. He was never setting up barriers to keep people away from him. Jesus was constantly crossing lines to bring people in. He was seeking to save the lost. And we are called to follow in those same footsteps that Jesus, that Jesus showed before us. We have to cross barriers to proclaim the gospel. Because that is what love does. Love crosses barriers. It breaks down walls. We are called to love as he loved, to cross whatever socioeconomic, religious, and cultural lines necessary to bring the gospel to, to the people to the gospel. We must be willing to share the gospel that God has entrusted to us as witnesses. And with it, we know that it is not our own power that overcomes the sin, that overcomes our sinful nature. It is the power of God that overcomes sinful nature. This is my family's mission, is to share our lives and the gospel with the people of Miami and True Vine Christian Church. In Matthew 10, when Jesus sent out his disciples, it reminds me of a military commander sending soldiers out into battle. And indeed, we are all going into a spiritual battle every day. The disciples knew they were going into this battle, and we know that we are going into a battle as well. So, as the, as the church and the body of Christ, we need to join together in this battle. It reminds me a bit, um, in, the light, in the late 1940s, the U.S. government commissioned uh, William Francis Gibbs to construct an $80 million state-of-the-art uh, transport ship for the U.S. Navy. It was supposed to be one of the fastest ships in the world, and it was designed to carry 15,000 troops anywhere in the world during times of war. So he started in 1948. I believe he finished in 1952. At that time, he had built the SS United States. It could travel 51 miles per hour, and it could go 10,000 miles without stopping for fuel or supplies. It could be anywhere in the world in 10 days. Interesting fact about the ship, it never carried any troops into battle. Instead, it was ready for battle only once during the Cuban, Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962. That was the only time it was ever even prepared for battle. It was turned into a luxury cruise liner for the wealthiest and most influential people in the world. It was, trans it was transformed from carrying 15,000 troops to 2,000 passengers. It had 695 rooms, four dining rooms, three bars, two theaters, a large open deck with a heated pool, and it was the first fully air-conditioned cruise liner in the world. It was no longer a warship. It was now a luxury cruise liner. If you think about it, a warship and a luxury cruise liner look profoundly different. We must not let the church today drift from looking like a warship to looking like a cruise liner. Jesus prepared his disciples to go into spiritual battle. Jesus still prepares us today to go into spiritual war. The church has been designed for battle. It is meant to mobilize and send people into the world for the purpose of the gospel. 
we must gather together and we must organize to engage in this battle for the souls of the lost. We must move the ship into battle. We must keep it from drifting from a warship to a cruise liner and sitting back and getting comfortable and thinking somebody else will do it. We are the ones to do it. God calls each and one of each and every one of us as believers. There's research from a 2013 Christianity in a global context. And it showed that mainly in America, in North America, but most of this survey was done in the United States. One in five non-Christians do not know anyone who is a Christian. So one in five non-believers do not have a relationship, are not friends with a believer. So they never hear of the gospel. So we must obey Christ. We cannot go into ministry alone. We need to join in this battle together. Um, let's see here. <coughs> Excuse me. In the early 1900s, there was a movement called the Layman's Missionary Movement. It was started amongst businessmen who developed an ambition to get behind the work that God was doing with student volunteer movement. J. Campbell White was the first secretary, and he wrote this of this movement. Most men are not satisfied with the permanent output of their lives. Nothing can wholly satisfy the life of Christ within his followers except the adoption of Christ's purpose towards the world he came to redeem. Fame, pleasure, and riches are but husks and ashes in contrast with the boundless and abiding joy of working with God for the fulfillment of his eternal plans. Now, we as followers and disciples of Christ must do the same thing. We must adopt and take this same vision that Jesus gave the disciples before his ascension. He told them in Matthew 28 to go into all the world and to proclaim his good news of salvation. I've been reading uh, John Piper's book, uh, Holy Ambition. He took passages of Romans 15, 9 through 12, and he replaced the word Gentiles with the equivalent word nations. And it, in Matt, Romans 15, 9 through 12, it says, I will praise you among the nations and sing to your name. And again, it said, rejoice, O nations, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you nations, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises will rule the nations. In him, the nations hope. Each of these comes from an Old Testament promise. It's one from Psalm, Deuteronomy, and Isaiah. Paul used each one to point to the coming of Jesus for all nations. Paul said in the preceding two verses in Romans 15, 8, and 9, that Christ became a servant to the Jews to show God's truthfulness in order to prove that the promises given to the patriarchs in order that the Gentiles or the nations may glorify God for his mercy. <clears throat> Jesus' death on the cross for our sins and his resurrection, defeating death, made mercy possible for Gentile sinners like us. The encouragement is for both missionary goers 
and also missionary senders for each and every single one of us who believe in God and our Lord Jesus Christ. We must declare his glory to all nations. Jesus is the only way to salvation. There is one path to true forgiveness, and that is Jesus Christ. This is an exhilarating mission. This is an exciting mission for each and every one of us. I think of it like this. Who, I'm, is there Nebraska football fans in here? A few? Okay. All right. So imagine, I can dream. Imagine Nebraska wins the national championship next year in football. That would be exhilarating for each and every one of us as fans. It would be exhilarating for me as well. But this is the way we should look at sharing the gospel. Proclaiming the gospel and the good news to every person and every nation. This should be exhilarating. This should be exciting because we are bringing the only thing that can offer eternal life. And that's the gospel. We should be excited and exhilarated about this mission. We must be exhilarated to know him, to sing praises to him, and we must bring this to every nation so that all people can sing with us the praises to him. And finally, this is my family's call. We have been called to serve the people in Miami and to share our lives with them, and sharing our lives with them to proclaim the gospel. And it has been a privilege to be here this morning to share this with you, just the, what God has placed on our hearts. Uh, first off, we would like to ask you to join us in prayer. We need prayer for our family, the ministry, the community we will be serving, and the people that we will be serving with, and for people to have open hearts to receive the gospel. But we also ask for you to prayerfully consider joining us in financial support. We are closing in on being able to move to Miami and have the support, the monthly financial support raised to move to Miami. We are currently around 20 to 25 monthly supporters at around $100 a month from being supported financially to be able to afford to move to Miami. So we just ask that you would take it before God and seek, to seek his will if he would have you join us in this support. At this time, I'm going to have my beautiful wife, Megan, come up, and she's just going to kind of give some ministry plans about, and about the community that we will be living and serving in, and more about our missions organization, C10, which she'll explain that to you, too. I'm just going to stand down here. <clears throat> I guess I don't have a special mic like he did. Um, so Andrew kind of really shared with you the heart behind how God has compelled us um, on this journey that he's had us on and different things that he's taught us and just really um, made important and special in our lives. Um, but I would like to share with you some of the more tangible things about what we're going to be doing um, when we move to Miami. But first, I'd like to tell you a little bit about the community that we're going to be moving into. So before I got to know Miami, um, like many people, you think of Miami as a vacation destination, um, warm beaches, a place to just go and have fun, lots of rich and famous people there. Uh, but that, that is kind of like the outskirt of Miami. The city of Miami is a totally different story. So Miami is one of the many big cities in our nation where the nations are literally coming to us. 
In Miami, there are over 160 ethnic groups represented and over 68 languages spoken. Just that statistic is mind-blowing. The impact for the gospel that we can have into the rest of the world by going to a city like this and imparting the gospel to these people and praying with them and teaching them and having them take it back to their people. It's an amazing opportunity, and it's been an exciting thing to learn about that has happened through the ministries of True Vine Church. Um, another staggering statistic about Miami-Dade County, there are um, over 2.7 million people that live in this area, and pre-COVID, 95 to 97% of these people were not in church on any given Sunday. So you can see that Miami is a Christian desert. It is full of people who are hungry and who are filling the void in their heart, the God-shaped hole in their heart, with things of the world that are not satisfying them at all. Um, so, you know, these numbers, they're disheartening, and God calls us to mourn over the sin and brokenness that we see around us. And it just, it breaks our heart to know what is going on there, and this is not unique in our country, especially in the big cities. Um, so another important statistic to note about Miami is that church planting is declining. And in fact, in communities like those surrounding Truvine Christian Church, where we will be living and working, church planting is non-existent. So in this community around Truvine Christian Church, uh, in the three square mile radius area, there are over 100,000 people in this area, and there are fewer than five evangelical churches to meet the ministry needs in this community. Um, it's a unique community to us in that it is uh, multicultural. The vast majority of people in this community, as most of Miami is, are not from America. Uh, the people that we will be living with and working with are mostly from Central and Latin America, a lot of them right now from Guatemala and Venezuela. Um, <clears throat> let's see, where was I at? Um, so, yeah, so True Vine Christian Church, the community that surrounds it, as you heard Pastor Rolo say, it's an underreached and underserved community. It has high poverty. Um, it has high immigrant status, so it's kind of a transient community. People aren't gen generally planting themselves there for years to come. Um, and they have lower educational opportunities. So all of these things combined, um, just to really burden Pastorello's heart when God called him from sunny California in what he would call Christian Disneyland is where he was at, um, called him out and his family to go to this Christian desert in Miami, to this church, Drewvine Christian Church, and he just saw this immense need for the families that were in this community. And God gave him the idea of Kids XL. And that's how we got connected and found out about True Vine Christian Church. Andrew had gone with our um, church's youth group in 2019 um, on a mission trip down there to help with Kids XL. So um, they bring in Apex Ministries through the AFCA um, church. Um, and they bring in youth groups during the summer for their summer camp program, and they run like a VBS sort of program in the morning for the kids at this ministry, and then they do lots of different things in the afternoon. So that's how Andrew got connected with this and how all the dots kind of connect. Um, so I just want to tell you a little bit about Kids XL. Um, that's one of the ministries that our family will all be a part of. Uh, Kids XL is an after-school and summer camp ministry, um, as you heard Pastor Rolo say. It has ministered to hundreds of families and thousands of children over the last 15 years. It's in large part funded by a grant through Miami-Dade County, which is amazing. 
They know that the gospel is preached at Kids XL, and they're happy to have this money going to people who care for the kids and their families and are helping them with their literacy skills. Um, obesity is an epidemic in these populations, and so they have different requirements of physical exercise and healthy eating that they do, especially during the summertime. Um, just loving on these kids. So this is an opportunity for our whole family to become a part of this. So through the years, they have not had enough help to kind of help to bridge the gap between the Kids XL ministry and Truvine Church. Even though Kids XL is held in Truvine Church most of the time, um, there are not a lot of families that are bridging and hopping over that gap and coming into the body of Christ um, as members of the body of Christ and participating in that. Kids XL is their church, the kids' church. That's where they hear about the gospel. So um, along with Pastor Rolo and his elders, we really feel like one of our main ministries when we get down there is to get down into Kids XL, to get to know the families and the kids, and to help bridge the gap between that ministry and the church. And um, we will also be helping them to start um, different child and family discipleship opportunities. Um, they don't have currently anyone to help with like the K through sixth grade um, kids to run any ministries for them. So we hope to do some kind of ministry opportunities on Wednesday night. We're not entirely sure what that's going to look like yet. We are exploring different options. And um, then like Sunday school, just different things like that. They have people who are willing to volunteer, but they're just really need people to help lead them and just kind of be the person who is the go-to person for these ministries. So that's kind of our main mission um, when we get there is to just really help in their outreach and discipleship in the areas of the kids and families. Um, a couple of other things that Andrew specifically will be helping with um, and doing is um, the first thing he's going to be becoming trained in is something called Immigrant Hope. Um, Immigrant Hope is, is an organization that seeks to provide hope for immigrants by giving them the true hope of Jesus Christ first. Their mission is to ease the burden of the immigration process through the local church while connecting the people that they serve to that local church. And True Vine Christian Church is one of these local churches that takes part in this organization called Immigrant Hope. And um, Sarah and Rolo are both trained, and the need for people who are trained by this organization is immense. So through this training, you take classes to help you learn how to fill out immigration paperwork to stay within the boundaries and laws of our nation. Um, and through doing that and working with people who need help with not just filling out their paperwork, but just all the things that come with coming into a new country and dealing with all of the baggage and burdens that you have from wherever you came from, plus trying to figure out how to live here. Um, you can impart the gospel to them, share with them where their true hope is found, connect them to the local church, and live life with them. So Andrew plans to go through this training. Once we're settled, he will begin in that. Um, it's hosted in Atlanta, Georgia. Hopefully they'll be able to do on-site training by the time we get down there. Um, and he really feels the Lord leading him in this ministry avenue and we're excited to see how God um, just kind of lays rails and prepares different ways for us to go in that. Uh, the next thing Andrew's going to be doing is he'll be taking part in what's called Gateway EFCA, Gateway Theological Institute. This is a training that focuses on theological and pastoral training. And the unique thing about this training is that it's designed to be done while you are serving in ministry. So this helps your learning to be both grounded and practical. And Pastor Rolo asks anyone in, who is involved in leadership 
um, in his church or who he sees giftings in these areas to go through this training. This is an on-site training, and Pastor Rolo is one of the facilitators down in Miami. So we are so thankful because this is something that we've prayed about, um, Andrew being able to do, and God just opened this door for us to do that also by being down there. So we're excited for him to be able to get started in that. Um, so I guess I would just, I'm kind of more informal about this. If anybody has any questions about kind of our ministry plans so far, if you would like to ask, sometimes I get to going and forget to say things. So if, if any, any yes. Those are good questions. Um, so we are right now, our goal is to be able to move by the second week in June. Um, so that's just what we have really felt burdened with God asking us to be prepared to be moved by then. So our plan right now is actually to send a U-Haul of our house <laughs> down to Florida the last week in May. Our youth group is going down again with several people to help um, the church get prepared for Kids XL Summer Ministries, which God willing will be back to normal. They generally serve over 200 kids a day in this summer camp ministry, and it was devastating last summer for these kids and families just kind of dropped off the radar by not being connected and so anyways people from our church are going down to help get the rooms ready and just kind of do a kickoff and andrew's hoping to drive a u-haul down in front of them and they can help unload probably into the church to store things and um, we will be moving in with rollo and sarah to begin when we move down there and then just um, kind of get settled um, that's one thing we've actually read about moving to a new area. It's good to live with somebody who already lives there, and you um, kind of mitigate a culture shock by doing that. And it's definitely a totally different culture down there that we're moving in. Basically, we're moving into Central America is, is basically the culture that's down there. So um, Rolo and Sarah have been so gracious to us. They're wonderful. And yeah, so from there, we're not sure where we'll live, but we know God has a plan. <laughs> Um, are there any other questions? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, that's a good question. He asked about language training. Uh, we do not specifically need formal language training to work down here. There are people who are involved in Kids XL in the church who don't know Spanish. However, it, in order to reach the parents of the families that are involved in Kids XL and obviously to help with Immigrant Hope, Spanish is important. So we have been, we have not done official language school, but our whole family has been working at learning Spanish, and we hope to learn a lot more when we get there. <laughs> okay, so if there aren't any other questions, I'm just gonna quickly explain to you about C10, which is our mission organization that we are partnering with. Um, just so it's a little bit different. I know it's really late, kind of. Maybe it's not late for you guys. <laughs> um, so, C10 is commissioned to every nation, and it is a unique ministry or, or missionary organization in that they are not sending us anywhere. Uh, they are simply a support system for us. So there are obviously different mission sending agencies that kind of tell you where to go, and um, this mission agency was started by people who just saw a need for people that God was calling to different places, but they didn't have a means to get there because they were not partnered or avenuing through different mission organizations. So this was started by missionaries when they were down in Guatemala when they saw this need. Um, it's grown to, they serve over 300 missionaries around the world now. 
Um, so some things that C10 helps us with is support raising. Um, they, we have support raising coaches through them um, who are volunteers who have done this for many years. We have a pastoral care couple um, who was assigned to us. And that has been a huge blessing to us because we had absolutely no idea what we were doing when we heard God tell us, I want you to move to Miami. We were just like, we have no idea what we are doing or what we need to do even. And they have helped walk us through just so many different questions and just things that we needed to know. Their main purpose is to um, keep up on the spiritual and emotional health of our family. And so that's their main job. Um, all people who are involved in C10, all of the leadership in C10, even the founder of C10, raises their own support. So this is really a missionaries helping missionaries um, organization. And so if you join with us in financial support, all of that gets sent to, to C10. And the ladies who do the finances there raise their own support. And they um, will make sure the money gets to whoever people are sending it to. It's just, it's a really amazing organization, and we're thankful that God um, plopped that into our lap. Right after Andrew got home from Miami, we had some missionaries uh, visiting our church, and they've partnered with C10, and that's how we learned about it. And that was just another thing that we were like, okay, God, you're really serious. <laughs> now, you keep telling us these things and opening doors. So, so that's a little bit about C10. You can go to their website, c10.org, if you're interested in more. Um, out front, we have some brochures that just kind of explain our ministry plans. We have a website. We've decided to forego social media to keep people updated, so we just have a website. Um, it's gamblefamilyministry.com, and that's on our brochure. Um, you can go to our C10 website. It tells more about what we're doing also. Um, and then we do send out a newsletter. We try to do that like every three months-ish. Um, if you are not on our newsletter list and you would like to get updates about what our family is doing, you can just put your name and address out there on a paper and we'll make sure you get added to that and get our next newsletter. Is there anything else? I think I've covered everything that we were hoping to share with you. We're so thankful to be here and see faces that we haven't seen for a while and just to be welcomed by the body of Christ. Um, as Pastor Rolo said, this is just really a partnership all of us are in partnership to proclaim the gospel to all the nations, and we're just thankful to be able to come and share with you and join in that partnership with you. So, Pastor Launch. Thank you, Andrew and Megan. We, we will be praying for you. We're going to pray for you here in just one moment. Um, we'll also take up our regular church offering, but I just want to remind you of the basket back here. Also, the table out here. That Megan was talking about where you can sign up and also get a brochure. I strongly encourage you to, to get that or find them on the website and kind of get in contact because we do need to keep them in our prayers. It is hard to let give God the control that he already has, but give it to him, especially when it's all happening and so fast, right? But God will bless you, I am sure, and we're going to pray for that, okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would just strengthen and guide and direct Andrew and Megan and the boys and 
and just help them with all the little details. Also, Lord, that you'd continue to just bring in uh, prayer partners and financial partners. Um, Lord, that you would help them to understand clearly the, the cultural differences and the language differences and that you would just use them in a powerful way, Lord. Um, also, work on us. Help us to know how we can be involved and what how how we can be encouraging, Lord, uh, to them and to be the, the prayer, not only prayer partners, but warrior partners with them, Lord, and, and being able to bring the gospel to those who have never heard it and those who, who Lord, that you've uh, been trying to get a hold of for many years. So we ask that you would bless them, that you'd strengthen them, that you would guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. Could we have a young men's come forward and take this morning's offering? Okay.